Gentlemen, welcome back to our Woody Allen retrospective right here on planettyro.com. I'm your host, Donald Wanda, and I'm joined once again by my co-host of this venture, Simon Rad. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys survived this movie. <laughs> oh, come on, Simon. It, it can't be that bad, or is it? Well, stay tuned. Uh, gonna... I know it sounds a little bit doom and gloom, but uh, it, it, oh my God, let's just get into it, man. I, I want to get this over. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bother leave anyone suspect this movie for the record is one of the ones in the whole woody allen collection retrospective it's the more frowned upon not so loved but again because we're doing everything whether we love it or we hate it or whatever we're gonna have a discussion and on that note guys on our last video we actually we actually covered the non-directed but definitely woody allen movie play it again sam which me and sam had a really good conversation on if you're watching on youtube there's a card i'll put up in the top right hand corner to go back to that discussion but for all you guys listening on the podcast that are not watching on youtube there's going to be a link in the description to get all the past previous all the videos it's a complete playlist guys so check it out we're going to be doing this all year and beyond and uh what we would like to do guys we always give this warning we would prefer you watch the movie we're talking about beforehand to get that first-hand experience unless you don't care about spoilers. If you don't care about spoilers, you're in the right place. Stay tuned. We're going to dig into this one. And um, I forget. I guess I forgot to say, guys, we're on Stitcher Radio. We're on your iTunes. All the podcast apps you can need. We're everywhere. So as well as the YouTube guys, we love you podcast guys. And um, actually, at the end of this podcast, we're going to talk about some of the feedback we've been getting. Because although... This is a, a place where me and Simon talk about these movies. I want to talk about some of the criticism or some of the feedback we've got from you. Some good, some bad. And we might go on a little tangent about that. But let's put all that aside. Let's get to the let's get to the point. So Simon, if you don't mind, give us the year and the title of this movie and let's get right into it. Okay, so this is the notorious everything you always want to know about sex, but we're afraid to ask. From 1972, the same year Played Against Sam came out. A movie directed and written by Woody Allen. Also starring him and a number of other actors, including legends such as Gene Wilder or um, Burt Reynolds. And really just a huge cast of people. It's, 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 it's an ensemble film. And a collection of sketches. You know how we talked about that um, in some of his earlier films, the last, the first two, um, he experimented cut of ways and random jokes and random sketches. Yeah, and the then money played against Sam, bananas. which was that. Yeah, and, and then played against Sam, which wasn't directed by him. Shied away from that a little bit. Yeah. They had they had cutaways. They had some uh, some elaborate jokes, but mostly it was a straightforward narrative and uh, a more subtle approach to a Woody Allen's story. Well, here he really expressed going in the exact opposite direction and just cut the cut the story out altogether. I yeah. just went for a bunch of sketches back to back. Yeah, full sketch mode. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, for those of you who like to listen to the podcast before you watch the movie and are thinking, okay, 
I know why the move, what the movie's problem is gonna be that it hasn't really aged well because the taboo's not there, right? Like the whole joke is the taboo of we're gonna talk about sex. It's 1972, and it's gonna shock people. But with today's for today's viewers, it's just not gonna be there. You know, you, we talk about sex more casually. Yeah. The movie has nothing on what you know six-year-olds have in their favorites list on their fucking iPads these days. That's what I was going to say. So, yes, I mean, that's exactly what I was going to actually bring up. But, yeah, go ahead. But it's actually not that because the movie's not so much about sex, but really goofy, weird ideas that don't amount to really anything. Well, actually, before you get started, let me interject a little bit because the movie... <laughs> guys, if you don't know this, the movie Towers, you said everything you was know about sex, we're afraid to ask... There was a book released a few years before that was done by a, a physician called David Rubin. It was made, the book was released in 1969. Oh yeah, I know this story. I know where you're going with this, yeah. yeah. And at the time, I'll talk a little about the book as well. And at the time, you know, search education at, you know, the late 60s, you could say it was the end of the hippie time, I guess. But still, when it came to sex education domestically it was very frowned upon and if you're talking about from an educational standpoint in schools and stuff it was kind of like you said tabooish and stuff like that so this book was a big seller in i think it sold like 51 million it was massive and ironically (laughs) the guy who wrote the book the reason why because some people might think oh this woody allen movie is an adaptation of the book (laughs) no and i'm sure what you're gonna you already know this simon because you looked this up but basically from what i it's rumoured that basically the guy who wrote the book, David Rubin, he was doing an interview on one of these late night TV shows about the book and he used one of Woody Allen's jokes. I think it was from either Take the Money and Run or Bananas. That um, It was Take the Money and Run. It was the line, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but I, I believe it's the sex have to be dirty and yes, if you're doing it right or, or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, you, if it's not dirty, you're not doing it right, something like that. And I think Woody Allen heard the interview and thought, oh, he's taking my jokes, so I'm going to take his movie and... and His I'm book gonna, title. His book title, sorry. And I'm going to parody it, parody it. And the funny thing is about this movie, the, the, the movie's broke up into these segments that are taken from chapters of the actual book as well. But as you said, it's not even like he's doing uh, an actual commentary because these are spoofs. I don't think he's actually trying to be intelligible at all. And actually, guys, we're going to get into every single segment separately. But before we do that, I just want to say one of my favorite shows of all time, The Wonder Years, the classic late 1960s um, TV drama. They had an episode about the book, uh, everything you always want to know about sex. I'll try to put the clip on, on, on our YouTube channel if you can see it. And basically, it's so funny because in the in the it's the second episode of the whole series, actually. The second episode, which is called Swingers, actually, Kevin, the main character in The Wonder Years, and his brother are fighting over the book. And his, his mum comes in. And Kevin's and his mom's like, Kevin, where'd you get this book from? And he's and he's like, Oh, mom, mom, mom. And long story short, the big joke is that she says, You should never go through my stuff. When Kevin actually stole the book, and then Kevin's like, Well, I guess she was surprised when she found out that, you know, I they never brought up again. So I just found it as I'm bringing this up for pop culture relevance. Basically, the book was a big deal. They even brought up in the Wonder Years. So I actually thought it would have made more sense if they brought up the movie in the wonder years because but then again i don't know 
But anyway, that's how I, when I watched the Wonder Years again and I remember that book, I thought, oh yeah, Woody Allen made a movie of this. But <laughs> I know, guys, I'm just bringing out some random trivia, especially from my own yeah. experience. But you know what, Simon? Let's, let's, let's go on to this segment let, by let, segment. Yeah, I know. Let, let's dig into this. Like, the to be objective, right? The only thing I can say is that we talked about the early years of Woody Allen's film appearances, how those movies were kind of weird and zany in the 60s. And now we're in the 70s with uh, a bunch of revolutions going on, the hippie age, sexual revolution, you know, breaking down all these taboos and all these experimental movies. Uh, there's a bit of that here. To, for you guys to understand, this is all before Star Wars. Star Wars came out in 77. That's what we prepared people's mindset to for innovation in film going towards special effects. That's not to say there weren't special effects driven movies. I mean, uh, you know, like I'd say 2001 Space Odyssey came out in uh, 68, I believe, you know. So there definitely were examples of that. But for the time being, around 72, being innovative, experimental in film still meant tackling different subject matters in different ways. Sure. You know, different perspectives, breaking the fourth wall, trying to uh, assemble a movie, put together a movie like it hasn't been done before, doing back to front sporadically, you know, different stories combined into one movie you know different narrative structures so people were experimenting with that and this was Woody Allen's take on it but it kind of just ends up being a spoof film which you immediately see from the first sketch that is basically a, a take on Hamlet yeah the first sketch is called do aphrodisiacs work and it's uh Woody Allen being the court jester and he's trying to have sex with the queen and he gets this love potion and it's just silly and Again, well, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna just yeah, briefly yeah, go yeah. through this, guys. Very briefly. Yeah. I found it. I don't know. It, the whole thing is Woody Allen tells these jokes nobody gets and pretty bad, and then him and the Queen just have this little tumble. It's just whatever. I didn't really find it funny. I was just like, eh, whatever. Just I didn't care for. I just like whatever. I didn't hate it. But I just thought. The costume design was nice, but that's pretty much all I got from it, really. That That's what I keep hearing. You can actually tell which segments were shot at which part of the production uh, because they're not consistent in quality. Like the the the, ham, the first segment, the Hamlet spoof, is basically shot the best. So you can see that Woody Allen is actually getting better at being a director as he goes sure. along with this film. That's true. But the, the title sets you up for something you think it's a little bit more clever. Essentially, the joke is that they speak in sort of a, a riff on Shakespearean tongue, but use a lot of sex terms or, 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 or metaphors alluding to sex and also a lot of modern explanations. So they don't just talk about the castle. They talk about the mortgage that comes with it. But it, 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 it it's cute at places. And, you know, it, it tries to do its best. Woody Allen even, you know, turns to the camera and actually breaks the fourth wall. So, you know, if, if you're counting for his memorable moments of innovation, there's one for you. You know, it, it wasn't any hall. It was this one. <laughs> but uh, honestly, it's, it's just not that funny. That, that's the thing. Yeah, when when you not. get away from the, the title of the book, you know, you go through the main bits of the opening of Hamlet where... Woody Allen sees the ghost of his dad who tells him to bang the queen effectively. And that's about it. Mm. And, and to be honest with you, this one and the following up sketch, the other reason I didn't really like it, because 
it kind of rubs you the wrong way. I mean, effectively, he gets drugs to drug the queen and have sex with her against her will. I mean, I know I'm going into deep, but technically, <laughs> this is kind of a this is this segment is a little bit about date rape, more or less, if you think about it. Mm. Hey, love potions! That you, you cross the line. So I'm in love potions. If this was a woman doing that, you wouldn't be saying that, though. Let's not get those double standards now, son. I don't know, man. I, I think uh, love potion is a metaphor for something that knocks you out. Yeah, I know. Uh, but uh, that's just me. I, I just felt like no, you you no, you're right. And to be honest with yeah. you, the only thing I'll say in this defense. Love potions in those in those kind of times, medieval those Victorian times, is something that's a tried trope in that kind of story. So it's not something if you've seen a lot of those medieval adventures. Yeah, whatever. You, the, the love potion element is always is used so many. I, times. I know it's it. it, it uh, uh, what was that? Tristan and Isolde. Yeah, the, well done. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I know classic tales. I guess. The joke is that it plays with audiences' expectations. You see, do aphrodisiacs work? And then we open up in, like, uh, the Dark Ages. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but still, let's move on to the next segment because that's even worse in my eyes. Oh, oh my God. I can't believe it. Simon's saying the next segment's worse. And for a lot of people, this is the best segment. And that's segment number two, which is called What is Sodomy with the now deceased Gene Wilder. A beloved actor, a beloved comedian, so a classic library, but let's just judge him on this particular segment. Where yeah, the Wilder... original Willy Wonka. The original <laughs> yes, Willy Wonka. Original. Although it seems like Johnny Depp borrowed more from his performance in this movie for his portrayal than the uh, the actual Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I guess you're bringing the creep factor in when you say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But Gene Wilder is a, is it, it's a, it's a psychiatrist specifically? No. So this one, Gene Wilder is introduced to us as your average everyday doctor he handles a bunch of patients he's happily married but then uh one of the kardashians or at least uh, a relative of them from armenia shows up with uh That's he doesn't really specific well this explains a lot to be honest with you this movie if you ever wondered about the kardashians relationship this movie this particular segment gives you the explanation but basically this armenian gentleman is a goat farmer and even though he doesn't name any particular disease, he quickly confesses that he's romantically involved with the goat and that his particular problem is... A sheep, actually. It's a sheep. <laughs> get your animals right, Simon. If you're going to sodomize an animal, get them right. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I apologize. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> so, yes, with a sheep. And his problem is the sheep doesn't love him back anymore. They, the sheep went cold. It's just the, the, the emotions aren't there yet. Yeah. And uh, you're you're saying like this sounds like a terrible five minute short film, but, but wait, <laughs> it gets better because when the sheep comes into play, you guessed it, Gene Wilder, at least his character, also develops emotions towards the sheep. And if you replace the innocent little sheep with innocent little girl, you quickly realize that this why whole fucking you, why, segment. Why did you take it there? Why? Because you, that why it is a metaphor for being together no, with no, 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 no. girl you're, the entire. No, no, you're coming to that conclusion all on your own. That is, that is, it's an animal. It's not a fucking child. That is really crossing the line. I'm sorry. And they're both. And don't no. get me wrong. They're both deplorable. I don't. I don't condone fucking animals or anything like that. But I just. I don't see me getting that connection from. That is really wrong. Be- be- because the rest of the movie is, again, a, a spoof on Lifetime dramas. That yeah. basically, he-, he he begins with an affair. 
he's happier than ever. He finds something in the sheep that's so young and innocent. And then he gets exposed. Young, and, and in, I don't know about young. Innocent? Yes, I don't know the young part. But, right, well, it, it's it's this fair little sheep. Well, yeah. What is a fair little sheep a metaphor for? Okay, okay. And of course, everybody's outraged. And his wife, I don't want to spoil the entire segment, but he goes through the motions of any guy who got caught with an underage girl, basically. That, that's, the, that's the whole plot no, I, I of this I think there's segment. a big difference between being caught by Andrew and, and a sheep. He would be dead. Like, just, society won't just frown upon you, for, you know, about a paedophile. They would let people would kill you. I mean, if it's an animal, you'd be frowned upon. So, I don't know why you're making me defend this fucking segment. I, I hate you for I, that. I, right that's now. how I felt. That, the whole segment, that, that's just what it reminded me of. All right. Look, I let, I've let you shit on this a little bit. Let me just say this. I love the segment because Gene, Wild, Gene Wilder's performance playing falling in love with the sheep so deadpan is so creepy and hilarious when he's stroking the sheep when he's talking about the sheep my problem with the segment is that it's too goddamn long it did not need to it felt like it was 15-20 minutes it sh- this should have oh, yeah. been 10 minutes I, I was I was it was humorous for like 10 minutes but then it went way past his due, due date and I was like no this should have stopped and I mean, the funniest part is when the, his wife says, "You smell like lamb." You know, that was that was really funny. But you know, but this it's just it just needs to be sped up. It was too slow. But G Mod's performance is the selling point. A lot of people singled this particular segment out through this whole movie as the best part. And I think if you're talking about Gene Wilder's delivery as an actor, I think he does a convincing job showing you that he's in love with his sheep. And I I think a lot of other actors would have played it very loopy and really crazy but it's, he just plays it so serious that it's very hilarious to me but I'm not talking about I didn't, I'm not going to your level I'm drawing the analogies and all that shit I actually think if, if I try to compare this to real life I honestly think if, if you're comparing it to a paedophile and I don't know why we're going to do that but just for argument's sake I just think the public reaction would be on a whole nother level compared to someone you know having relations with a sheep which I think this segment I can read the pics. Now, putting that aside, how funny is this? It's it's funny-ish, but it goes on too long, like I said before. And it, it this this one segment definitely does not hold up this whole movie for the skits. So, if I'm saying this is the best part, and even I have problems with it, then as we go forward, you're gonna see that you know. But that's all I'm gonna that's all I want to say. The segment, Gene Wilder, rest in peace. I think he did well here, but it's not great. It's just funny. Well, Gene Rallo is always great. Yeah, he has, he has wonderful natural charisma. And okay, uh, I'm not trying to ra- read too much into it. Uh, you if did. I let that, yeah, it's, it's already too late. Like yeah. I, I just felt uncomfortable watching it. That's I, fine. Let's move on. That's yeah, fine. I got I'm nothing. But I got nothing good to say. That's fine. So number three, <laughs> segment number three. Why do some women have trouble reaching an orgasm? Oh well, oh. this is your favorite one, right? This is the segment that's done all in Italian without subtitles it's basically a spoof on italian stereotypes woody allen portrays uh, uh, uh an italian macho a man who has it all he has the suit the shades the style the look the why even the red ferrari or at least a very nice red sports car but guess what he can't please his wife their sex life is basically dead and she's falling asleep in bed with him and you don't understand a single word of it because I watched it with somebody who speaks Italian and she said it doesn't make a, lo- a whole lot of more uh, more sense if you understand the words either. Mm. I didn't like this. Um, 
I like the only thing I like is just so weird. This, like they're having <laughs> sex in public, and the way those scenes are shot are actually pretty good. And to be honest with you, this is as raunchy as I've, as you'll see Woody Allen in retrospective. Like there's an actual scene where they're kind of almost getting naked. Ironically, the woman playing his wife was actually his real ex-wife, Louise Lasso, who was in like the last two movies, I believe, or last movie, Bananas. Yeah, bananas. Yeah, he, he 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 was. She was in uh, bananas as the love interest, and I think she had a small part and uh, take the money and run. Exactly. Well, she was one of the talking heads. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I really like about this segment is just that Woody Allen is playing a machismo, and he and he does that kind of well. But the, this segment is not funny. He's doing it all in subtitles again. I, he just he came out of a particular idea, a particular agenda. And for me personally, for my taste, it fails. Didn't like it. It was long. It was longer than it needed to be. Like most of the segments in this movie, to honest with you. And I was just like, meh, that's it. I just just move on. I was like, skip. I just want to skip this one. That's how I felt. You know, it could have been better if they, if they would have bounced back and forth. You know, if we wouldn't have to watch the entire story of a segment unfold mm. at once, but we would, you know, reach, uh, you know, a, a certain conclusion then jump to the next segment and then come back to check up on okay how did the characters that's develop? a clever idea and actually that is a very clever point some other sketch movies have done that in the future so that's actually it would have helped this movie a lot funny enough that's a good point yeah because one of the jokes is that you don't really understand the dialogue without subtitles but you can clearly tell that it's after some point woody allen just keeps on saying random words that sound delightful that yeah. sound Italian like cappuccino Florenza Mia Bella yeah, it's like okay I get it that that was that gave me a a, a, a smile once but it just goes on and yeah. on and on with every dialogue segment and I can tell that he loves Italian uh, sorry European film and uh, takes a lot of influences with the innovative camera angles and is more playful and some of the stuff like uh, the costumes and the sets are very stylish but like you said, the whole joke is that the spice of their sex life, they have to have sex in public. And that results in a, a few sketches. And, and then that's it, the end. Mm. So not a whole lot of impact, not a whole lot of, you know, topical conversation, especially since the segment was called, you know, why do some women have trouble reaching orgasm? And that never gets answered, except for the, the mild suggestion that maybe you should take it outside. I mean, outside the theater and leave the f- freaking movie. Nah, well, let's not waste any time. Let's move on to the next segment, which, is, to be honest with you, this one, to me, is the most tone deaf. And that is number four, Our Transvestites Homosexuals. Now, this segment on its own could be completely outdated. It could be a victim of how outdated it is. But it's basically about an, an old man who goes to a dinner party and you, you, can, you find out he has a thing for dressing up as a woman. Now that's it, yeah. That's, that that that's it. Now the title of this is what really confused the transvestite. That's just a crossdresser, not exactly a transvestite. And uh, how, oh, and, the, uh, the, uh, the don't get uh, get into gender identity because we don't want to offend anybody. But but yeah, but but from what I understand, that um, unless you're transsexual, then you're you just prefer to be identified. Then so up, up until you're transvest sexual you just like the clothes and when you're transsexual that's when you get into the sexuality and the body change aspect of it yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't really it, it doesn't really matter because the segment has nothing next to nothing to do with it the no, whole it joke doesn't. is the the dude gets caught so yeah. he goes into basically a mini chase around the block in women's clothing 
and, and, and that's it. And you know, this is the most tame segment. So I guess th- this is the one segment where you can say the shock or nowadays the lack of shock value has really hurt it. Because back in the day, it could have been outraged like, oh no, because it was such a taboo topic. But, you know, today it, it, it's nothing. So, nothing. yeah, I mean... The but old- I, I'm really disappointed by the title because it says, are transsexuals hom- transvestites homosexuals? And he never, if he encountered a man and they were flirting it would have made more sense. But all he does is dress up as a woman. What does, how does that got anything to mean homosexual? That's got, that makes no sense. So the title is completely misleading. It doesn't fulfill the promise. And I found it tone deaf. I'm like, do you, I, I was just thinking at the time, the people, the people, obviously they did. The people just assume that if they dress up as a woman, they're homosexuals, even if it's just like women's clothing. So that's why I said, I feel this one is tone deaf completely because it doesn't fulfill it's title at all. The guys just dressed up as a woman. That's it. It is definitely no prequel to the Danish girl. And they, nah. The only thing it, it the only thing it, it, it made me realize that how damn boring the Amazon show Transparent is, because this is basically yeah, the really. same thing. If, if they took this segment and turned it into a, a TV show, that's what you would end up with. I mean, uh, it's it's very straightforward. Is basically uh, the same sketch of anybody doing anything at a dinner party where they end up you know covered in something and they need to hide and then they need to hide in the bushes but then somebody finds them and there's a big commotion and the police show up it's the same it's the same shtick it's uh it's nothing new and uh, it's there's nothing bad about it it's just boring skip Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, this next segment, man. You know what? I might be most upset with this one in particular because this should have been the most funniest. This is like the one I feel like should, should age the best. The segment's called What Are Sex Perverts? And it's basically, it's Woody Allen set up a parody of a, of a television game at the, at the time. It's called What's My Line? But in this segment, they called it What's My Perversion? And... You know the host gets uh, someone from the someone from the audience, whoever, to come on, and the people. There's three people on the panel trying to guess what its perversion is. I mean, I thought this could be really funny, and it yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. at all. It was not funny <laughs> at all. I'm like, how could this not be funny? A game show. I don't care if this was 40, 50 years old. I, I was like, how did he drop the ball on this one? And at the very end, the last segment of him, you know, his wife being there, uh, eating, and him getting whipped. It's, it wasn't funny at all. It just it was this was the most disappointing because I'm like this should have been funny and it was yeah it doesn't age well at all. This was the most clever one because this basically parodies uh, a, let's say classic '60s game shows. Yeah, how they used to do it with a, a very uptight you know gentleman like host who's you know the friends at home. Please let me show you today's topic and, yeah. and a panel of well respected gentlemen and the hottest most attractive females of the time real divas you know hollywood glam like very uptight which is the perfect setup for woody allen to start goofing and sh- throwing inappropriate things i mean this reminded me of stuff you can still find with him on youtube on the game shows he went on as a guest star like that's true and those are more entertaining than this segment by the way i mean that's he right did, uh, he did one with nancy sinatra where that was the password where the people at home and the guests had to basically guess what the password was without saying the word ever so this is a parody on that where you had to guess what the the contestants perversion was 
without him giving any direct hints. He could just say yes or no, basically. But like you said, the, the jokes aren't really there. He even, you know, parodies his his own people in the the rabbi joke at the end, and it's just it's just odd to watch. Like, yeah, you, you look at each other like, is this still going on? Does this yeah. have a point? I, I guess we can mention at this point that this was his biggest budget, so he went all out, and I think things just got out of hand a bit and unfocused there's apparently a lot of stuff that wasn't made and it was supposed to be shot and lost stuff was cut out and segments that didn't make it into the final version of the film i mean it, it's kind of sporadic yeah you want to move on to the next one i do the ne- I'm just... next hidden gem. <laughs> boy hidden gem this is i think this one's got the longest title no uh, sketch number six are the findings of doctors and clinics who do sexual research and experiments accurate man this this isn't this is another one that should have been good it yeah. should have been good it starts off pretty good it starts off pretty good you. a very good setup and to be honest with you has a funny finish and a very ridiculous elaborate finish it's basically a spoof of like um you know going to like a haunted house or a mad doctor scientist yeah. house and universal monster movies and the yeah. classic horror genre it's it's a classic haunted house setup i'm not gonna get too much into this it's just i was it was just it wasn't really that funny this was another one that went on too long and they would the and this journalist go to this house they meet this mad doctor he's doing all these silly weird experiments and then i'll just skip it's just boring i'm not gonna get into any of that at the end, the mad scientist had his, his greatest creation, which is Woody Allen's biggest prop in this whole movie. And is to, to be honest with you, I will give Woody Allen credit. Again, another cinema first. <laughs> that to this day, I don't think anyone can say this has been done. Woody Allen, in this movie, especially at the end of this segment, creates a giant prop of a giant breast, or as he calls it in this movie, a giant tit. That is a giant monster tit that it is, I don't know how, what is it, 12 feet tall. It's real, it's squirting water or milk out of his breast and it's hunting people down. And just seeing it from a filmmaker's perspective, I was just like, he actually did this. He actually wrote it. It's, it's one of those ideas. He was right on the paper and be like, nah, this is too ridiculous. But he actually committed, went through with it. And as I was watching it, I was laughing to myself thinking what are you adding you're such a fucking pervert like you just yeah. had you just had to you just had to do it i mean you know this is, you know this isn't going to be actually funny you just wanted to see it it's like one of those things it's really cool to, i'm not gonna lie it was cool to see especially when it's squirting the milk i'm like dude this is so fucking perverted that like, you actually did this shit so it put a smile on my face for that one fact but it's totally silly I mean that's it's a good for the for this one of the movies claim to fame and again I think it's a cinema first a giant tit chasing people but the whole f- sketch is crazy. Well, it's a riff on the original Blob from like uh, '58. Yeah. Where basically the monster of the movie is this, you know, giant object that's just constantly expanding, getting bigger, devouring everything in its path. You know that kind of stuff. I mean. This segment is really the victim of being part of this movie. Like, if you think about it, if this was done with more care for the setting, like really shooting it like, a, you know, a, with those classic angles from uh, the, the German era and, and having a... They tried with the set, but it wasn't 
enough to, to create that haunted house feel, that horror movie vibe. But if yeah. they went full on with it, if they shot an actual horror movie but inserted Woody Allen as the main hero instead of, you know, the charismatic doctor, <laughs> that could have been funny. But the segment goes by too quick. It starts off good with the, the classic gas station and visually it, you, you can tell it's going to be a spoof of a horror movie without even the horror elements coming in, which is good. Yeah. But then it just falls apart again. It's just, yep. it, and it also it has, again, another awkward joke about a bunch of kids gangbanging the female heroine. Yeah. I'm like, why are we here again? We had this, we had this thing with rape and played against Sam. Like, like, can we stop getting back to this topic? Like, <laughs> really? Like, can we just, can we find another joke? And yeah, I, I think this, this is one of the segments that had actual potential because it was a straight up spoof and Woody Allen's sense of humor and screen presence, you know, being a goofy hero. I think that could have worked in a horror setting where he has to fight off all these monsters and he can't do the straightforward approach. So he would always get into some sort of accident to beat the, the Wolfman and Dracula. He's kind of like an uh, Inspector Gadget almost, like a, this goofball finding uh, off the horror legends, all these monsters, mythical creatures. But we never really get to that. It's just his inner fear of breasts magnified by the big screen. Yeah. Whatever. So let's wrap this up by talking about the very last segment. Lucky number seven. What happens during ejaculation? And, you know, when I think about the segment and I think about what you just said, I look at the movie on a whole and I say, you know what? He had some good ideas. And this last segment might arguably be the best one. Because when I think about it in cinema, again... He's using a very clever idea and applying it to a sex comedy, which is Woody Allen has this NASA-like setup inside his own mind while he's having sex. You actually see the inner workings of his body, like a like a hundred-man team. He's got the brain and the body and the penis, and you know they're all working together, and it's a whole team of people. And uh, it's, if you watch that movie Inside Out, you know you got the reference. Yeah, that- I, I was gonna make that. Uh- this shtick has been done a yeah. lot. Like, it, it was a very, very clever idea. This is actually my favorite segment. I think this segment works the best. And like you said, just most recently, the Pixar animated movie t- took this idea of, you know, an actual office being set up in your head to run your uh, run your body like a company. Yeah. Almost. And, and it's done very well. This is the one with uh, Burt Reynolds, who's yeah. probably my favorite performance in the movie because he really plays his part that's straight you you wouldn't be able to tell that he's talking about get ready for the penis penetration we're ready for ejaculation somebody confirm are we ready for ejaculation we need more pressure pull up the pressure pumps <laughs> you know he, he, he's just doing it so straight that you can't help but get enticed by it and you really buy this setup of this be working like a factory and you have the different levels you have the corporate guys on top yeah then you have the factory workers who try to produce the erection and they keep they keep getting tired and this big hairy guy's like come on guys do it push yeah push. it's almost like a mind it was innovative it was very innovative and i wonder if woody allen was again i feel like he was this was another first film as a director to use this idea in in cinema like this i really feel like he was one of the first to do it i think it's a great idea i mean he he plays himself uh, he he plays a sperm 
and and they're like soldiers yeah. <laughs> getting dispatched to Vietnam. They're talking about like, I am not ready for this. I didn't yeah. sign up for this, man. Don't send me out. It's like, come on, pull yourself together. Like, it, there was so much potential for them slapping each other. Like, be a man. Yeah. There's a f- couple of funny-ish lines, but well, actually, oh, it's funny you should say that because my line in the movie is in this segment. Oh wow! Here yeah, we go. Right at the end, you got it. This last segment, I was struggling to find a line in this whole movie because I was bored. But there was one phrase. It's a bit dirty, but of course, this is a sex movie, so of course. So nearly just like you said, they're talking about ejaculating coming out and then Woody Allen has this line that really made me laugh and he says I don't want to go out there what if what if he's masturbating and I end up on the wall <laughs> yeah I, I remember it, it was that, the best that, line that, it, I know that, I'm, that, I'm, that, I'm that wasn't bad it was the best line in the movie that wasn't bad but um to defend him like a lot, a lot of these sketches are one-off ideas yeah and you know just the novelty of making them I guess was enough at the time and when I think about people trying to replicate this, there was that Eddie Murphy movie a couple of years ago that had the, the same concept where I think he was an alien and he was actually a robot body controlled by a, a Pluto group, Nash? group of people. That's not Pluto Nash. No, no, not Pluto Nash. But I think uh, I, I, Norbit. No, no, is that, no that's not Norbit. No, no, no. Oh. It came after Norbit. I think it was a Meet Steve or something oh, like yeah. that. Horrible, yeah, yeah. Horrible. But 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 same concept. It's the men in black concept of, you know, the body is just a big robot and there's tiny beings controlling it inside the head. We've seen this idea a bunch in different forms and nobody could ever really do it justice. It's a great setup. Yeah. But outside of a few cartoons and like you said, probably in terms of the theatrical releases, uh, the Pixar movie, Inside Out, nobody else could do this right. Nobody could really you know make this into a funny proper 90 minute to two hour comedy so i appreciate the segment for what it was but um i know that this is not the last time woody allen makes a an experimental movie and he can do a lot better than this so he has another sex comedy coming up i think it's a midnight summer sex comedy it's not it's not we're not too far from it to be honest with you um let me wrap this up by saying a few things uh before we did this review, about two weeks ago, we had this conversation about sketch comedies in general. Sketch comedy movies in particular, they're not really good. Even to this day, 40, 50 years after this movie was made, you can, there's a handful. And some of them, in the last 10 years, we've had two of the most terrible terrible movies that are sketch comedies that just show that we have not learned our lessons, that you can't do it. One of them was movie 43. Oh, God. Terrible sketch movies that was awful. And the one that even surpassed it in the same year was inappropriate comedy. Do you remember that movie? No, I, I missed that one. Oh, oh that was the one with... Um, who's the my guy apologies. Played? No, no, you didn't. Everyone saw this movie. It was the one with... The guy who played the, the peon. So his name Adrian... Adrian Brody? Is it Adam Brody? I think it is Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. Yeah. He, he played the If gay... he was in it, he deserves it. He kissed Holly Berry good fuck that guy no he played the gay um the gay version of uh clint eastwood <laughs> okay yeah in that <laughs> movie. Uh, what's is that gate where um ah uh, anyway it, it's a, it's just a terrible movie it's I one get of the, the most despised <laughs> movie but what i will say is i did i would say is there one 
one sketch comedy movie and i'm not talking about themed ones i'm not talking about like scary movie and space balls because those are themed when you got a theme running through it's yeah, sure that that's a spoof space yeah. balls is a straight up spoof yeah. of star wars there's we don't cut to a completely different story with completely different characters you know after 10 minutes i found the one movie the one sketch comedy movie that is a classic and to my utter surprise it was made in the 70s as well can you remember what it was called? Which one is it? With one of the most awesome names of all time. It was the Kentucky Fried Movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that is a great sketch comedy movie. The sketches are amazing. And again, they're very few and far between. They're very rare. But I just don't think sketch comedy works in general. And it never really has. We haven't improved on it. If you don't have a thorough well, line... Well, you know, that, that was John Landis at his best. So that's a, that's a director in his peak. Yeah. I guess you could say. Well, Woody Allen's a comedy. I think, you know, anyway, I, I'm not even going to get into it. But anyway, the audience scores, let's get to the people. The audience scores in this movie. In the Woody Allen retrospective, this is the most, one of the most frowned upon movies. It's in the low, it's in the mid to low 60s. People do not look on this very fondly. And again, just wrapping back to what you said in the beginning, if Woody Allen took this seriously, and if he used the titles to actually bring some introspective into these ideas I, even at the time i think he could have come up with a good movie but all these titles they don't the skits he comes up with are so loosely based and are not funny and go on too long it's just a wasted opportunity it's just honestly this whole movie and there's, there's even speculation this movie just seems like a spoof of the book of the guy who wrote the book and that's it and the idea and oh i got some good sketches i want to try it just seems like an experiment that kind of failed no, that's I. I just don't think it has a very good legacy, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I think when you look at this movie, what you need to think about is that in '72, you know, home video releases like they weren't big. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have the technology for it. So this movie was viewed as something you would watch in the theater, and then the theaters would maybe put it on every now and again. It's like one big joke, and uh. From that perspective, it's like that oddball film, something that sticks out like a sore thumb. And Woody Allen is still growing as a filmmaker. You can see him, like I said, with the segments that were done later, clearly improving in terms of framing and just general direction with the lighting, the sets. You see him growing as a director and that this guy is going to do stuff that's way better than this. This is him gaining the confidence from previous successes to say... I got a bunch of wacky sketches. Yeah, I want to piss this guy off with this movie title. I want to make an oddball movie that sticks out even more because I like pressing buttons. You know, I like uh, contrast. I like doing things that are different that stick out in the theater. And yeah, this is what ended up coming out of all that. Mm. It's it's a one-off. Was quick to follow it up with a different film, and I can't wait to talk about that one instead. Well, guys, uh, there's not much more we can say. Um, I do want to give a shout out to the Woody Allen Pages Watchers Guide because there was a lot of there's a lot of interesting facts about this movie that we didn't even bother cover, and this podcast went on way too long. So again, guys, check out the Woody Allen Pages Watchers Guide, especially about this movie. There's a lot of things we didn't cover. If you're interested and you don't dislike this movie as much as we did. You're going to find a lot of things that you could feed off on that book. I'll put a link in the description. You can see it on the screen there. 
but there's not much more I can say. Simon, I was going to talk about feedback on a podcast, but this podcast has actually gone on for nearly 45 minutes and I didn't actually want this one to be this long. So I'll let you decide. <laughs> Trust me, I didn't want the cider. We can tackle that in a separate video. Yeah, let's do that next time. But what would be great, actually, if somebody really enjoys this movie, please, some way, shape or form, express your, your opinion. Because yeah. I would actually be really curious to hear it I, like this is the first time i show genuine interest usually i don't care like trust me <laughs> i don't care at all about what you think or how, if you like the movie i'm joking but seriously if this movie resonates with you you think it's really funny and this some sketches or maybe all the sketches really work for you tell us why because it, it's it, it's such a it's such a weird failed experiment that it would almost make the movie better to know that there are people out there that we're dying to see this that this is the movie they've been searching for their entire life <laughs> now you're you really are just uh, you really I'm are just trolling them a little yeah. bit you are like, because i like... I, I, I checked <laughs> the diehards the diehards i've been on all the woody allen fan sites the the reddit page <laughs> shout out to the reddit woody allen reddit shout out to you guys don't shout you guys out i checked man these guys they everyone fans upon this movie and it's easy to because there isn't a father story narrative it's just sketches so and with sketches the whole nature of a sketch is you can't please everyone some are gonna hit some are gonna not so you're never gonna it's like watching an episode of um saturday night live some sketches gonna love some you're not so you know some are gonna have great season but anyway let's not go round and round in circles if dark simon says if you really did like this let us on the comments below we do not have to agree and i would like to hear you guys perspective regardless of what we think share your thoughts leave a comment down below whether you're on the podcast thank you for listening whether you're on youtube thanks for all the support i will say this majority of feedback has been positive but we'll speak more about it in another podcast because i do want to address some of the the haters or the criticizers because we like to give feedback but Let's wrap this up, Simon. I want to thank you, my buddy, Simon at Simeon underscore Red on Twitter. Thank you for joining me on this one. That's fine. You're welcome. And also, what's black and white, black and white, black and white, black and white? A nun falling down the staircase. <laughs> well, that joke was just as funny as the sketches in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that was perfect. Yeah, exactly. On that note, goodbye. All right, guys. We'll see you on the next one.